There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan. Look who's on the ones and twos, everybody. It's Gangster Pete. And uh, he waves. And we're back in studio together, Pete, for two and a half It feels months. good, man. Does it's it good, really? Good honestly, to see your face. Yeah. I think you're being serious right there. I am, I'm going yeah. to fold. I don't know why, but I appreciate it. Uh, back here in St. Louis. And I will say that... Uh, just real candidly, uh, and it's got nothing to do with it's got nothing to do with St. Louis versus like Palm Beach County or anything like that. Florida, it's just I hate the cold so much that that's what I dread about leaving. It's not like I, it's not like I mean hell I see my family and friends and my guys here on the show and all that stuff. Uh, there's plenty of restaurants that I'm looking forward to getting back into in St. Louis and baseball and, uh, golf here and, uh, blues playoff hockey. I love, but I just, I'm like, because last April when I came back was so cold in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be 30 degrees. And while it's certainly not like 75 or 80 with no humidity, like it was there, uh, it's bad. It's not bad. And so, you know, I'm back. Uh, and you, no matter what, within a month, it's going to be pretty good. And, uh, and that's the best time, but the week of sports that's coming up, I love, like if I were ice and I love college football and I might love college football more than anything at this particular moment, because it doesn't necessarily rely on whether or not Missouri is good. I love watching college football either way. And I don't really feel that way about any of the other sports with the exception of golf, but I don't have a localized interest there. Um, so I look forward to next week where you have Cardinal baseball going on, blues playoff hockey going on and the masters. It's for me the best plus psychologically. I also know that the warm weather is coming. And so that's my reason for being, being on a high with regard to that. Um, now for those of you who are TMA listeners, I know, uh, and it's certainly a focal point of a number of the questions today for questions from the audience. Uh, for the first time, I believe, now, if somebody wants to correct me on this, like Buck Swope would know the answer immediately. But I think for the first time since the cat was let go in 2007, January of 2007, which we've talked about quite a bit on questions from the audience, and I think we were talking about on TMA last week, actually, uh, we have a spot here where somebody we all want to be on the program and somebody who wants to be on the program uh, is not on the program, and that is the Plowhawk. Um, and uh, and that is, of course, oh, I don't even know what the right word well, It's a bunch of words. But but candidly, Pete and I were talking uh, before we got uh, got going here uh, from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, now reunited in St. Louis. Ryan Kelly online at the HomeLoanExpert.com. And oh, my word, are rates low. This is a game changer. This is a game changer. Whether you're going to refire, you're really going, you know what, maybe we're going to buy a house. And then you're going, oh, maybe we ought to expedite that process. Do so at thehomeloanexpert.com. The world has changed here over the last couple of weeks, uh, and it is a, to your benefit if you are buying a home. 
Uh, Ryan's saying that they're getting rates back in the threes that they can lock in. The HomeLoanExpert.com. But now that we're reunited, we're talking about it. And and real candidly, and I know now this is kind of a like a, a charged word. I don't want to say hot button, but a charged word. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm careful when I say it, but, but real honestly, um, if, if not in the clinical sense, but just mentally and emotionally, I'm depressed, um, with the plowhawk not being part of the show. And, uh, there's really nothing else to say outside of that. I am truly, it's in, it's, you know, it's now been, it's been a week actually since the whole process started. Uh, but you know, we've done two TMAs at this moment without him. And, uh, listen, the guy who's filling in for him, Lucas, is a great guy. I would, I would buy stock on Lucas as far as just cause he's, he's got a great head on his shoulders. He's a good person. Uh, you can tell he's smart and ambitious and I know he'll work hard. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Plowboy was a big part of this show and, uh, and there's, there's, there's no way around that. And so that's a, there's a void, a void from a drop standpoint and a void from his personality standpoint. And also we just all really liked him. You know, we, with this, with this group of six people, uh, as I always say, it's not like we hang out. I don't know if, I guess Pete and Iggy and the Plowboy play golf together. Uh, but you know, it's not like we all like go, Hey, let's see, where are you going? Right. You want to get drinks? It's just not the way that it works. Probably like most people in their, you know, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, it's not like they're hanging out, working together, assuming that they are, you know, at least some of them are married with kids or in relationships, the case might be. So whatever. But we all really, it's a good group. There's there's no uh, problems. And really, over the course of the 14 years of the show, approaching 15 in July, or, yeah, July, uh, we really rarely have had that situation, which is probably one of the reasons why it's been going on for so long. So this is, I mean, it's a, it's a kick to the balls. There's just no way... No way around it. Um, and uh, Gangster Pete, I don't want to put you on the spot. Plus, you probably don't feel like you may have the equity that I have in order to comment on the situation. I, and, you know, so I understand uh, that, nor do I want to put you on the spot anyway. But I know we feel the same way. And I know Doug and the cat and Iggy feel the same way. Um, and so, candidly, that's 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 the perspective I'm I'm in or coming from as I do this questions from the audience. And I know a lot of people who are TMA listeners who also listen to the podcast. That's where they are as well. I told the plow boy when we were talking on Friday uh, and I was under the impression, cause I knew he just to give some background, he texted me on Friday morning uh, at like six twenty, six thirty, So half hour, 40 minutes before the show to get on the phone. And I had a feeling I knew what that was going to be about because I've, been through processes with employees before, even though he's not my employee, I kind of know the, the tells, not that it's Phil Ivy-esque reads here. This is pretty basic stuff, but, uh, uh, I got on the phone and he said, Hey, I got another job. Um, I hate this. I'm so sorry. And it's like apologizing. I'm like, dude, everybody gets it. And even if there weren't extenuating circumstances, how big of an asshole would I be or anybody be if somebody on the show had an opportunity, um, you know, that would make them happier considering their circumstances, whatever it would be, you know, uh, like, like if all of a sudden take your pick of anybody on the show and their income can, can go up substantially and somebody on the show would be like, well, fuck him for, for leaving. Like really, like, I mean, would that really happen? Like gangster Pete, listen, I think the world of you, you know that I really do. 
And, uh, you know, if you were to tell me right now, hey, somebody's increasing my income by 25% and I'm going to go do it, like what kind of asshole would I be? First off, I'm not even your employer, but secondly, because you're producing the show that we host and I would be upset about it. Like, I just, like, that would be really odd. I guess that goes on, but I just, that would be like, what a, what a fucking prick. You've made it really clear that if anybody has an opportunity that is better for them, you hope that they take it and run with it. And I'd be happy for them too. If anything also, by the way, I think it reflects well on the show. Not that that's the main reason, but I think it reflects well on the show if somebody uh, and, and starts making more money doing something else, whether that's in radio or else elsewhere, you know, I mean, for as much as we bust producer Joe's balls, producer Joe's doing well, uh, Vanon Gay is, uh, is an attorney. I mean, that's what he was doing. He was in law school or going to law school when he was on our show. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the plow hawk and he didn't need to, but anyway, when we were talking, we didn't even talk about it on the show that day because I'm like, he'll, he'll be doing uh, you know, he's give, putting his two weeks in and so he'll, he'll be able to talk about it on the air himself and, and we'll be able to say thank you and we'll miss you and all that stuff. And, you know, probably pop up here and there on the show and that'll be that. And then it changed over the course of the day. And then we were talking on Friday afternoon and I told him, I said, whenever you announce this, however, you're going to announce that you're no longer going to be on the show and it's your announcement to make. And I'm, not getting involved in it because it's your life and your career and it's how you want to handle it. Um, that you are going to experience a rush of ego. And I'm not talking about like, like how ego is normally, I'm talking about like the biochemical scientific element of that, which is ego, uh, a feeling of importance that you probably didn't realize existed. And so therefore you will not be needing any narcotics this weekend (laughs) you're going to be good because you're going to experience this rush. So I knew that was coming. I did not expect, nor do I think he did at all, nor his parents who are active on the fan page, how big it has been. Um, I didn't expect that. And, um, you know, I don't know. There's, there's so many different ways to, 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 to take it from there. Uh, in one sense, it shows how, popular the show is, which I realize can come off as self-indulgent, but I am, you know, I I think we're all aware of our place in this, which is we are a part of something, uh, not the reason for something. Now, audience members may think I'm the reason for it or may (laughs) think Doug's the reason for it or take your pick of whomever, you know, Iggy's stock has skyrocketed recently, but it's the group. And I always include the audience in the group, you know? So, um, but the plowboy was a very important part of it. And, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, just being, I can't, I can't not talk about it. Cause it's what, you know, when I sit here and I talk, it's what's on my mind. That's what's on my mind. And it's been, like I said, the process started a week ago. Uh, and it's, it's still on my mind. Um, and I, I just, I really like the guy, you know, I mean, I really like, you know, not that it matters cause, cause I think it's healthy to get sideways and by sideways, I mean, butt heads and then talk about it, not like have, people motherfucking people behind people's back. That's different kind of sideways. But he just, he wasn't somebody you butted heads with. He'd get, but it, not that that would be wrong if you did. He just, you know, um, and he loved the show as we love the show. He loved the show. So just real candidly, since I know, I mean, I'm seeing what the questions are this week, whether it be on the fan page or on my, my email, 
I know it's what people want to talk about, so we're not going to sit here and like act like it's not, you know, something's going on. It's what people are fired up about. Um, so, you know, I don't know. But, I mean, hey, you know, I, I want to come in here, and it's like I always say, questions from the audience is therapeutic, so we'll uh, we'll engage together. Uh, and I know there's some questions on it, so I'll, you know, I also, I think most people understand that, you know, we're also navigating um, a unique spot here because it's a situation I have, I, I've, with, with John Hadley, who said, blame me, blame me. Uh, you know, he over and over again, he said, blame me. I'm like, okay. I said, then what do you want me to say on the radio? And he goes, blame me. And I said, okay. I said, so from seven to 10, when texts come in and when emails come in and phone calls, you're comfortable with me, not like censoring them, not, he goes, absolutely. He goes, it would be wrong if, if I told you to do that, because I know he's an important part of the show and I know you guys all like him. And so, and I'm like, okay, so then it, certainly that, 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 that has, uh, come to fruition. Um, but, it, but, but in our private conversations, uh, not that I will go into like the, the detail, 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 because I know that's not, it wouldn't be right because it's, you know, not my, my, it's not, I am not his employer and I am not the employee. Um, and I, I don't, I, I I'm still not a hundred percent sure on everything that, that, uh, went on that, that led to everything. But, uh, I, you know, I made it clear. I disagree with this to be real concise. Uh, and then also was open to trying to figure out a way to still make it work. And for the first time, uh, you know, kind of laid out on the TMA fan page and it's only, you know, it's a, part of me was like, I was just a place mentally and emotionally. Um, I might not still be in the strongest place mentally and emotionally about it. Uh, I think I'm better than I was Saturday though. Um, it's a, you know, a combination of things led to it. Uh, first off the plowhawk thing being a number one. Secondly, you know, my family, we just did not want to leave Florida. Um, we knew it was coming. I mean, it's not like we were under the impression, oh, we can stay there forever. We, we know the situation and that's, that's a sad thing. Plus my parents were supposed to come down and they didn't get a chance to come down. So that was really unfortunate. That was one of the main reasons why I do this is to have time with Anna Marie's family and, and, and time with my family. And then that didn't happen. And that just is sad. Uh, and, uh, and then also our basement flooded and we thought, and that was just like a minor thing. And then we get back to St. Louis and Anna Marie's dad, kind enough to pick us up at the airport. It's like, I don't know what time we land, like around two Saturday afternoon. And he's such a good guy. Her parents are such good people. I'm so lucky uh, that uh, he said, well, have you talked with Jim, Jim Rogers from Restoration One, who has been just beyond helpful in this situation. And Jim's big thing was, because this all started last weekend, he wanted to have everything done. And so we walked back into our house. And even though we knew that there was an issue, that it would be just like nothing ever happened when we got home. That was just like his thing. I mean, just like a, just like a, just incredibly kind gesture. And, and then he gets over to the place on Saturday morning, like this was wrapping things up. I guess the only thing that wouldn't have been done were a few spots in the drywall that had to be ripped out and then repainted and the paint wasn't done. But other than that, everything would have been the same. And then it started flooding again in a new spot. And so my father-in-law is telling me this and we're driving down 
you know, back, back to our house. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm already, I was telling my wife as we were driving to the airport, uh, to fly back and we're in a monster rush. I mean, you're, you're transporting two months of living. You have a one-year-old and we're running late and you have the plowhawk situation. And I told her, I said, just so you know, I said, I'm in a really dark place right now, mentally and emotionally. And, you know, just as an FYI, it's not like I was screaming or yelling. I was just, I was just super quiet. I said, I'm just not good right now. And uh, I'd be like, like in a, like in a, I'm sure there's been other times, but it would reminded me of the, um, the Albert Pujols, uh, thing in 2013, which certainly gets asked about a lot of questions in the audience. And for legal reasons, I don't go into maybe someday we will, maybe for like the thousandth podcast, I'll do that and just go, okay, fuck it. Maybe there's a statute of limitations. I have no idea, but it'll trust me. It'll absolutely not be worth the squeeze, but, uh, boy, people would hear some interesting things. And, uh, in this case, that's where I just was. I was just like, I can't sleep. I can't think. It's owning my soul. There are situations here that people have no idea about. Um, and even though, you know, there's 7,000 people on the fan page, uh, and maybe of that 7,000, God, if a thousand post, I would be surprised. I know there are plenty of people because they email me and they say, I don't want to post because I don't want to get called a lemming or I don't want to post or I, I loved what you wrote, but I don't want to like it because then I'll get called a lemming, which is an odd thing that that is even like a thought process, but it exists and people email me or DM me on Facebook or whatever about it. And uh, that, that, that I was getting blamed for the Plowhawk thing, which just like, and again, you're talking about a handful of people, but it just gutted me. Uh which I'm, I'm not proud of saying because I need to be stronger than that, but I'm just for the purpose. We're always attempting anyway to be as honest as possible. Gangster Pete, you were leaning in there. Were you leaning in because you wanted to talk or were you leaning in because you wanted to hear me talk about this? What's going on with you? I just picked up a tell. I was just agreeing with you. I mean, obviously you have a lot more time with him, but I was just bummed out all yeah. weekend. Like it was just weighing on me. Like I was out and about and people were like, dude, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just bummed out, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's just that it's just, and it's 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 also it's a, it's a it's a short term thing, but it's also a long term thing. And there's all the and then, and then here, the other thing is there's there's a lot more, and uh, and the thing is that there's a lot more, and I think a lot of people on TMA aren't even aware of some of it because I I I tried to I don't know what the right word is, I guess I'm like the foreman so to speak, you know, but I'm not the employer and I don't have those powers. I think at this point, the vast majority of people know that. Um, but I also know some people don't. Uh, so there's, there's that. And I can't, but it's like, do you really think that I didn't do whatever I could to try and stop this from happening? And so as an example, uh, I see that I want to get into a spot where I would be saying too much, or I could be, I'm not saying too much, but I could be saying too much. And that's the thing I'm trying to navigate this thing. But either way, uh, you know, there have been a number of circumstances over the last, uh, see, because it ties right in with my son being born, actually. It's always very easy to remember. Uh, so 18 months, 19 months, um, in which, for lack of a better term, I've taken a bullet uh, in order to keep the thing together. Uh, whatever the bullet might need to be, that's what I have done. Um, you don't 
publicize it because the, if you're doing that, then people go, well, why is that? Why do you even have to do it in the first place? Because then it leads to a whole thing. So you have to, it's, it's a weird spot. So I think that's why it reminds me of the Pujols thing because the public thinks one thing and I know that it's wrong, but I can't say anything. And that's, that really, that's a weakness for me. Uh, when people make things up about people in general or when I see a mob coming after people, I don't like that. I don't like it even if it's like to my benefit. I just don't like it. I'm in general anti-mobs. Now, some, that doesn't mean that the, what the mob is upset about is not an honorary cause. I'm just not on board with mobs in general. And, uh, and so having been on the receiving end, and again, in the case of the Plowhawk thing, it was a minor thing, but um, to be accused of either being the one that did it or being complicit or not trying, I'm just like, wow, that's just factually inaccurate. And the people who are in the know know that. Hell, the, the Plowhawk knows it. Um, but... You know, it, it, but still, I, I got to be better than that. So you compound, but you get you get over that. And I, and I, so I expressed in a post, uh, you know, kind of laying out, and it's still not everything, Gangster Pete, as you certainly know, uh, not everything. But going back to 2010s, let's go through the last 10 years of like how many times there have been situations where, to my surprise and candidly, just flat out disagreement, other stations have wanted to hire me, but not the whole show. And I just disagree with that. And I mean, I'm really disagreeing that from a sincere place. Like if you want to start building a show around me, that's fine. Let's see if we can work that out. But in the meantime, let's also have TMA. You know, I'm happy to do two shows. Fuck, five years ago, I was doing two shows and running the radio station. So I'd be willing to do it. Um, but, it, you know, it's it's happened a few times here. It's happened three times uh, in the last 10 years. 10, 13, and 16, in which other places, when they knew that I could go, uh, were trying to hire me, but they didn't want the whole group. Or in the case of like 2010, when we were doing the morning after at 1380, uh, it's not that KFNS, we were at 1380, KFNS, didn't want Doug and the Cat. It's just they only had an opening, I guess, and I don't even remember who was doing mornings for them. It doesn't matter, but... Uh, they only had an opening in the afternoons and they wanted me in the afternoons and 1380, a, a place I, cause John Helmkamp was running it. The ownership of the group was really good. John Helmkamp, I know I say his name like everybody knows what I'm talking about. He was the general manager. He's a great guy. He's no longer in radio. I mean, just like the finest human being, just, you know, um, for real. And he's like he's a super religious guy and I'm obviously not and a pervert and all of those things. And yet we just, we, despite the fact that we were different people, had a great relationship and this mutual respect. We still talk. I think the world of the person. And, but they, they were in a spot where they could not pay me, Doug, and the cat anymore. Couldn't pay us. And they weren't like, fuck you. We can't pay you. They were like, I'm sorry. And Tim, I know you have this offer. And it was an offer to do afternoons at KFNS. And from what I was making at, at 1380, it would have been a 33% pay increase plus a contract. But... I wouldn't have been able to do the show with the guys because Doug and the cat have their TV jobs. And so that is, so Helmkamp's offer was, and he got this authorized from Simmons media, which owned the station that we can stay. And then we just sell the advertising. And so I had the infrastructure with inside STL, which had only essentially been selling girl next door parties. I mean, we sold banner ads, but shit, it wasn't, you know, it's not like you're making a huge living off that. And, uh, and so 
I remember the situation. I remember what the math, I still remember what the math was. I know what we, I know what we were doing as far as a monthly revenue standpoint. And then I knew what we had to break down to like, okay, now I got to make my radio living. Plus I got to pay the cats. I got to pay Doug's. I got to play, pay producer Joe's. I'm sure I would have some other expenses. And I thought to myself, okay, here's the number. Now this number is greater than two times that, which is our best billing month or the show ends. And I am the one with the risk. And I remember this. How about this? Here's a fun fact. Not that anybody really gives a shit. Maybe people give a shit. I don't know. These are just stories. But Helm Camp, because he wanted us to do it so badly, uh, he floated us a healthy amount of money from his own account, not Simmons, his own personal account in order to help us get off the ground. And so, well, I mean, after I made my decision, obviously he did that. But I just remember the situation. And, uh, and I remember asking my dad, hashtag, you know, Tim's dad, Tim's dad gets some old jobs, whatever it is, makes you feel better. Nepotism. Um, I said, what would you do? I said, I got this over here, but it ends the show, but it's guaranteed money. And I got this over here. It keeps the show together, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And then that means I'm not making a living and Doug and the cat aren't making what they were making. And then the show still ends. And he said, Timmy, they're both shitholes. If you're going to be in a shithole, I'd rather be in control of my own destiny. So I would stay at 1380. And I'm like, wow. And that was essentially the beginning of Inside STL owning the programming. And so that was the first of multiple sacrifices, um, which isn't, it's not, it's not heroic, but I, I only tell the story. It's like, okay, hold on a second here. I have done stuff. I just don't, I, I just have never gotten into the spot of going, hey, look at me, everyone. I did this in order to keep this person here. I did this in order to keep the show together. I did, it's like, okay, well, if you're, if you're going to say that I didn't, that I don't do shit, which is kind of, it would be an odd line to take. But if that's the premise, then now here, here's, here's a list of some things, not everything. Because if I get into everything, then we're going to get into some stuff where it can be dirty laundry. And I'm not trying to air dirty laundry. But here, are these a lot of these bodies are already buried, so we can kind of talk about them. Um, so I don't know. That, 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 that put me in a bad spot. Then we get home. And then and so Saturday night, Jim Rogers and his uh, co-worker over at the house, you know, we talk to him. They leave around 5, 530. Looks like the water's under control, but we have no idea where this other leak's coming from. And I mean, I was, I always kind of like to have a day. I flew back on Saturday because I always like to have a day in between. And then we can kind of try to get our lives back in order in St. Louis. And Anna Marie goes downstairs to like something that we had shipped back. She's putting it to our carrier or whatever in her suitcase back. She goes downstairs like eight o'clock. And, you know, we thought that the water was under control. And she goes, the basement is absolutely flooded. The whole basement. Now it's coming in from everywhere. And the basement was just finished within the last 18 months. And so it's not like, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, concrete. And, uh, and I go downstairs and it's an inch to two inches deep. And I mean, God bless Jim Rogers of restoration one. Holy shit. Like, like I'm texting him, like he, you know, like, dude, and he goes, I'm on my way. I'm like, oh my, it's not now at this point, it's like nine, nine 30. And this guy's coming over to my house. As it turns out, it was his birthday, by the way. I had no idea. Uh, and then he's like, I don't know. You know, he's not a plumber. He goes, I don't know what, what's causing this. He goes, but if you can get a plumber over here, 
we need to figure out where it's coming from. Otherwise, this thing's going to be, you know, completely destroyed because it just it was coming. And now it's coming from everywhere. And I call this like, plumber and God bless him, John Dawson. He comes over at 1030, 11 o'clock. And even though the sump pump was making noise, like you put your hand on that, uh, that pipe, it's vibrating. It was, it was, it was shot. And, uh, and that was the, that was the core issue. Get that tended to I mean, Now I'm, this is three days later and there's still water in the basement, but we can now begin the process. But these people to help, you know, I mean, my God, I can't say enough about them. Um, really can't. And, uh, and so, you know, you wake up Sunday, it's like, okay, now I got to do the show tomorrow. I know the audience wants us to talk about it. I've got to talk to station management on how they want me to handle it. So that was something that was incredibly important because listen, you know, you can, any, I, I would like to think that people would understand, but if you don't, you don't, but Hey, I don't own the radio station. I don't manage the radio station. And if the ownership or management of the station doesn't want it talked about, even if I want to talk about it, I, I'm not going to do that. You can say, well, you're a pussy. That's fine. You know, I mean, I don't know if you regularly commit insubordination at your particular operation and you have a wife and a child, but if you do tip my cap, it's gangster shit, man. But, uh, that's just not the way I operate. Not just because of short term, but you just don't want to become one of those people in this business in particular where management at other places or ownership at other places go, oh yeah, that show's great. Or that person's talented, but you know, we know he's a piece of shit off the air and we can't trust him to, to, you know, abide by. So, you know, but again, if you, if you would, if you would have fought the power, you know, Chuck D then, then good for you. But you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta color inside the lines on what ownership and management wants. Now to their credit, they're like, yeah, talk about it. I mean, talk about it. And I go, okay, what can I say? Blame me. John Hadley said, blame me. It's my move. So blame me. Like, okay, but then I got to like, I still feel I got to tell the story. So I told the story from what I know and, uh, it, but, it, but either way, and that was great that we were able to do that. And then people were able to, to you know, vent, but, um, it still doesn't change the fact that the plowboy is not here. And I know some, and I had some people go, listen, you know, I love the plowboy too, but the show's about you, Doug and Jim, or you, Doug and Charlie, or you, Doug and Jay, or whatever combination it is, or Jay, Charlie and the cat or whatever, Jay, Doug and the cat, whatever it is, doesn't matter. And, and I would say, yeah, it, it, to an extent, but still like when it's a key part, you know, when it's a key part who's been on it for five years and also on air, plus the drops are such a big part of it. It hurts. And it's just a void. And again, it's nothing against Lou Lucas is like the greatest. I'd hire Lucas in a heartbeat to, uh, to be part of business that I was operating. But, uh, it's, you know, like the, like the reason why the show works is there's these variety, there's all these personalities and they kind of work together. So had that Sunday, the basement's a disaster. I mean, we won't be in that basement for God only knows how long. I uh, still have to unpack and I'm just in a dark place, man. I'm in a dark, dark place. Uh, now I don't want to overstate it and make it sound like it's like, oh my God, this guy needs help, dark place, but I'm just not in a good place. Uh, and I mean, we'd already for weeks been dreading, you know, the inevitable March 30th or March 31st when we would, you know, come back to what we figured would be 25 degree weather, even though mathematically that makes no sense. Although it was 26 degrees when we teed off for Joe Strauss's golf tournament on April 19th last year. So it can't happen. Uh, but then you throw in the plowhawk, the basement, and then yesterday tending to that for the first time yesterday being Monday as I'm talking and, uh, and my wife texts me and said, 
well, for the first time in his 19 months, our son is sick and he is projectile vomiting and I can't, I can't stop it obviously. And he, he of course has no idea what's going on, but he f- can feel when it's about to happen. And then he starts crying cause he knows it's about to happen, which then just like rips my heart out because I can't do anything. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I come home and, and just seeing my son makes me happy. It's an automatic elixir, as I'm sure many parents can speak to. Um, and, uh, and he's being playful and we're playing around. And then all of a sudden I spot the tell and I'm like, oh my God, he's about to throw up. And then it starts up and you just, you, you feel horrible because he's crying and he's sad about it and he loves to play outside and he can't play outside and he's starving because he can't keep anything down. And I'm just, I'm already not doing well. And now I'm with this. So that's, that's, that is, that is the mindset. And you know what? And it's, it's funny, these people who are so kind to come over to the house and work on this, work on it, uh, are all listeners as it turns out. And, and they'll be like, I'm sorry, this is going on. Cause I know you have so much going on with the show. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I, and I appreciate that certainly, but everybody deals with stuff. You know, it's not like my son is the only son who is sick or my child is the only child who's sick or my basement's the only basement that's floods and people are, you know, I'm, I'm the only one dealing with situation at, at work, you know? So, I don't know, kind of, a, I, I am one of the only people, however, who lives in St. Louis who just spent two months in Florida. So, you know, you kind of, it kind of balances out and, um, and, you know, fuck me for, for complaining. Uh, and I'm, I guess I'm not really, I don't think I'm complaining. I'm just kind of telling you where my mindset is and I'm, I'm down. I mean, there's just no way around. I'm down. I'm down about it because I view the plowhawk as somebody I could have wound up working with on a daily basis until I stopped doing this. You know, at some point, Doug's going to stop. At some point, the cat's going to stop. And who knows what I, mean, I, I, I might, who, I'm, I'm, I might be out of radio within a week. I have no idea. Um, but, it, you know, and just be like, all right, well, moving to Jupiter. It was great here. Loved it. But, you know, love Jupiter. So we'll move down there. But uh, that I really thought as long as I'd be doing this, the plow somebody I could be working with and therefore working with, obviously, longer than Doug or, or the cat and Iggy, I guess. We also want to look at the just the math on everything. Um, and so it's just like, wow. And Pollock and I were talking about it. I said, dude, I've kind of looked at it. I might be working with you for another 25 years. He goes, at least. And I'm going, well, I mean, you got to do the math on me now. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this in my 70s. But, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, producer Joe got whacked in, I think, August. I'm sure he would immediately know. Although I don't know if he listens to the podcast. August or September of 2006. And, uh, and he was back with us producing in uh, when we started, you know, the morning after at 1380 in September of 2000. Something. Yeah, who knows? You never know. I mean, you never fucking know. Boy, that you're told that when you start out in this thing to never badmouth people, you know, who are still kind of in the, in the game. And, uh, and you hear that going up like you're 21, 22, 23. And then all of a sudden now you look back on it with 20 years and you go, wow, isn't that the truth? And you never think it, which is why I, I told the plow hawk and he would have handled it this way anyway. But I said, don't badmouth. Now, again, your life and all, all that. I said, I'm just, I'm just telling you, you just give your side and, you know, stick to what you consider to be 
the, you know, the situation and don't like call name. And I said, you know, people love you. People like you and respect you. You'll be fine. There's no need because you do that. Then it kind of can color the message. I know it's tough because you're fired up, but so, uh, I don't know. There it is. You know, I'm sure. And I'm going to open up my, uh, email here and I know there's a bunch of questions about it and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, I don't know. This is a different kind of questions from the audience because this is, I'm just real can't like seven to 10. I can kind of turn it on and turn it off. And honestly, that's one of the things that I wrote. I said, I mean, the Plowhawk and I knew about this last Tuesday and then we wound up hosting a show together with Iggy, but no Doug, no cat, no, uh, sorry, the cat, no Charlie, no Jay. And, and I don't think anybody in the audience could have ever guessed anything was going on. And people go, God, that was pretty good of you guys. And, I'm, and then what I would say is, yeah, I guess it was, but I don't know how many times I've hosted a show where there's all like, like, like it's burning around us, but we just, for those three hours, we're able to block it out and do our thing, part because it's like an escape, a positive escape. Um, and so, but it's a, it's a tribute to the Plowboy and Iggy that we were able to do that thing, you know, and then did it the next few days. And I knew on Friday when I'm doing the show, because the Plowboy told me he was leaving. I knew that that was, you know, that he was going to be leaving, and t- but I thought he was going to be leaving in two weeks. And then in the back of my mind, I was still hoping somehow something could be worked out. But either way, we didn't talk about it. And if you would go back and listen to Friday's show, there's no way you could, could go, something's going on with the Plowboy. You'd never know. But hell, we've had spot take your pick of things and you wouldn't know. And you still don't know because we keep it in the room. But on this one, I can't keep it in the room because there actually something, something has been done and it's public. And so people, people are fired up and it's flattering that people are, because, you know, a lot of time on the fan page or on emails that I get, it's, it's names I recognize, not necessarily people I know, but it's names I recognize just because I see them post. But in this one, it's bringing out people. I don't even recognize the names. I'm like, God, I don't know who the hell this this person is, but this person's certainly fired up. So, uh, so there it all is do with it what you want. Uh, I know it's going to be a theme of a lot of the questions. Uh, ironically, a question that I thought the world of last week, and I'm curious when he sent it was Timmy recaps. Okay. He sent it on Thursday. And so you kind of know the timeline of everything now. Um, and I just was like, this is such a great question. But at the time, honestly, I didn't think the Plowhawk was going to leave. The way we had left things on Tuesday after it all started up was he goes, well, I just want to let you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I just, because of the circumstances, I'm going to, I'm going to start looking for another job, but I don't know when it'll happen. I don't know what it'll be. So I just want you to know that I said, well, you don't owe me anything here. You really don't. You got to take care of yourself and you got to take care of Madison and whatever you do that's in your best interest, you have my support, period. That's just it. There's what the fuck else would there be? you know, give me, give me at least three months, even though I don't pay your check. I mean, what kind of fucking asshole? So, uh, you know, I just, I, and part of me was just hoping somehow it would be remedied and, you know, everything would be cool. So Timmy recap sends this email and I haven't read it since he sent it. I just remember that he sent it. And I'm just like, wow, this is going to change totally now when I read it, uh, for questions from the audience. But I remember thinking it was really good. Hey, I hope this email finds you well. I have a hodgepodge of recommendations, topics, and questions, which I thought might make for a thoughtful questions from the audience content or just worth considering. Uh, and since I haven't read it, uh, since I read it the first time, this I've got to make sure I'm 
staying within the lanes here, but uh, first the recommendation. I came across an interview-focused internet show the other night and thought of you. I know you get into the weeds a bit on interview styles and formats, much like Seinfeld enjoys breaking down comedic bits. So like any other healthy and functioning adult male, I thought of an AM radio host. Thank you, Timmy Recaps. I digress. The show is called Hot Ones. It's packaged in a 12, 18-minute videos based around the host, the interviewer, the celebrity, the interviewee, and varying degrees of hot wings. Hot wings. I realize it sounds a bit gimmicky, but the added variable of having these celebrities struggle with the spiciness of the sauces seems to disarm and allow for them to let the guard down. There are several seasons of the show and plenty of guests which you might like. Actors, athletes, comedians, and media figures. Enjoy. I have never... Have you heard of this, Gangster Pete? No, first so you're, time. You're like Johnny Podcast, too, so I'm yeah. surprised. All right. Well, that's a good recommendation. And I remember reading this last week, but I, I guess I kind of, it's a long, longer email. So I guess I just glossed over that. Um, but I do remember the Seinfeld enjoys breaking down comedic bits thing. So, okay. Now, I, now I've got to go and, and watch it or listen to it or whatever the hell it is. As for the questions and topics, they are purely being brought up because it might make for some interesting content. I, by no means, am trying to get into your personal approach to things if it's something you would like to keep under the proverbial cap, so feel free to disregard or repackage. Number one, from the outside looking in, uh, setting aside the potholes that occur from unforeseen or unavoidable circumstances. There's a lot of irony in this thing being sent when it was. Uh, you seem to have a loyal team behind you and around you. Although you are no longer the boss, per se, to what you do, to what do you credit the loyalty of your team, Plowsy, Iggy, Pete, Jennings, Doug, the cat, as the station around you uh, operates differently, you continue on a path with consistent and solid people around you. Is that a byproduct of your hands-on, hands-off approach to managing, again, knowing you aren't the boss, per se, or has it been organic? At the core of the question, what is your thought process and the culture you've created within the four walls of your studio? I'm huge on managing my team with a shitload of empathy and understanding around my expectations and boundaries, so I enjoy breaking down the strategies of others. And again, this was sent last Thursday. Oh, it looks like about 28 hours before the Plowhawk posted that he was no longer on TMA. So, to me, recaps, uh, very... Uh, intriguing that uh, you had the intuition to ask this or perhaps just a coincidence. I don't know, but that's the truth. I'm looking at the timestamp and I do know that it was sent before that all happened. Even though I knew that that was going on, I also thought there was a chance that he was not going to wind up leaving. That was my hope, uh, even though I knew that he was going to be looking for another job after everything that had happened. Um, So the quick answer on that is um, seeing how TV stations I worked at and radio stations I worked at before starting inside STL operated and not across the board, but just certain things that I knew drove employees up the wall. I knew not to do that. And that's it. Now, I think, I don't think, I know actually, because it has to do with me. So therefore I can speak from that confidence level that oftentimes I get compliments that are really overstated because if you were doing a uh, ranking of friendly personalities of these six people on TMA and for the sake of the discussion, we'll include the Plowhawk still on TMA, uh, I would be sixth. Um, I would like to think, and it's not a shot at anybody else, maybe we're all tied for first on this one, but when it comes to being fair and honorable with my word, I'd like to think I'm at 
the top of the list. And again, that's then all the other five guys might be there too. I'm just saying, I know that when I say it, I, I'm so conscious of making sure that I deliver on it. Or if circumstances change, that I try to find a solution to try and work, especially if nobody's at fault in a situation. Uh, and I think it's actually hurt me um, because now people, I think, when things happen, like what happened with the Plowboy, they turn to me like, Tim, fix it. And I'm going, well, why aren't you asking Martin or Frank or Doug or the cat to fix it? You know, because we're all in the same spot here uh, as far as our roles at the station. We are hosts. But there is a perception because I operated a station from 13 through 16. And in title, I was operating this station from part of 16 through month and a half of 17 um, that I'm still operating the station or can. And, you know, uh, it's not accurate and, and, but it's a, it's a weird spot, but I still try to still make things work. But I also recognize because I do it too, that, I mean, how, look at how elections are won that like the friendlier or more quote unquote relatable, which has become a theme on the show, uh, or likable, I guess, person becomes the person who wins, even if that person isn't necessarily the most qualified. And I'm not saying that means I'm the most qualified. It's just I recognize that because I'm more introverted and kind of like uncomfortable with, um, I don't know what the right word would be. Like I'm uncomfortable. Like I would do anything for nobody to know who I am. Let me put it that way. And I'm sure that time is coming very soon, by the way. I know it's coming. Uh, at least I think it is. But yet be able to make a large amount of money. That's what I, that's, that to me is the win. Um, I think I talked about this last week, either on the air or on questions from the audience. I was playing golf with some guy and he's like, yeah, this dude, or no, what would you do if you won $750 million? I'm like, oh, I'd make sure that my attorney would handle it. And I would, no one would have any idea that I have that money. Unlike like a parties in the park strategy, like new money, you know, like, oh, look, let me get my, you know, take your pick of whatever absurd car and drive around and let everybody know I have money. Uh, but whatever, that's, 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 that's my own personality. But yet on the show, my personality might come off differently. So for those who listen to TMA and then they like want more TMA with QFTA, they're like, what the fuck is this? And I get that. But I've always said when people say, oh, you got to do a show by yourself, I'm like it's going to fuck people up because it's going to be totally different than what they think it's going to be. But now as I've done it for, I guess, 18, 19 months, uh, I guess some people are liking it. And then, and that's why there isn't necessarily an automatic crossover with the TMA audience and the QFTA or the Tim McKernan show interviews because, um, it's, it's different. So if you're liking the TMA stuff, it's like, well, what the fuck is this? It's just Tim just like babbling. And so it's different. So I could see why you would like love TMA, but not like this or like this. And then to go, oh, so he does a show, radio show. Let me listen to that and go, what the fuck is that radio show? The guy's totally different on that. Then the truth is they're, they're both obviously me. Uh, it's just when I'm like kind of by myself, it's more introspective. So, you know, going back to Timmy Recap's question, I, uh, don't, um, I don't think at all, actually, that I am as good as I oftentimes get labeled as a manager of people. Um, I just don't think I'm as bad as some of the things that we have experienced over the last however many years. And then, you know, you include Doug and the cat with their TV experiences like me. 
And so, you, like I said, I'm just conscious of not doing the things. And, and these are these are kind of like basic things too. They're thing, they're they're way you would they're just ways you treat people. They're not they're not like, you know, Tim analyzed this number and then he saw this opportunity and then we saw the stock go up twenty percent because of it. That's not what it is. It's it's more about, yeah, it's five o'clock on a Friday. I'm not going to send a manifesto. Pretty basic. So it's more about not doing things. You know, I realize it's the weekend. And yeah, I'd like to talk about this now because it's on my mind, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that and I'll talk to the people on Monday about it or whatever. Um, and, and again, it, that, that can't be absolute because sometimes things happen, but you know, uh, I encourage vacations, encourage vacations. I feel like so often, and this is any plan, but a lot of you are picturing it at your place of work where there's like vacation shaming. I think it's an American thing. Um, and I think it's so unhealthy. I think it's, I mean, I certainly my long emails on a Friday at five or motherfuckers, but, uh, but like, like, Oh, taking a vacation. Are you, you know, like that asshole who walks up to you in the office, like, fuck you. Um, so I want people to take vacations. I want them to, I encourage it, you know? So but, but still, I think, like I said, I think for me, and I either said this on TMA or QFTA last week, and it's kind of coming full circle now, I think a real unfortunate thing that happened was my income, my contract, uh, I don't know what the right word for it would be, not being redacted, there's no word for it, um, and then people knowing what my contract was led to some people being mad um, because they viewed it as apples to apples with, um, well, he's a host. How come I'm not making what he's making? And, um, and the reality is I was being paid for leaving 920, bringing the infrastructure that we had built at 920 and all of the accounts, as in the advertising dollars over, and that was my value. Post-wise, you know, that's, that's, that's subjective. The dollars, those were objective. That's why I always go back to that stuff. That's why I don't get mad about math. And, uh, and that's the truth. And I, but if I could go back and, I mean, I, I'd do anything for that because it just changed. And I know it did, and I know nobody talks to me about it, but I, you know, I'm aware of it. And uh, I guess sometimes it gets brought up, but kind of in a, whatever, not in a conversation way, kind of a, you know, back doorway. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that I think changed things, uh, in June of 2016 when that article came out. <clears throat> and, uh, that's unfortunate. Um, but whatever I, I you know, it, it, so it's, it's because the, I actually, I actually really don't know why. Um, I just know it did. And so that's something that's, you know, but, but, you know, when I do, when I have had a chance, I can think of one conversation fairly recently where we kind of got into that. And I said, you know, I know it, you know, is something that, uh, bothers a certain kind of, you know, couple of people, um, who might not know that I know how much it bothers them, but, uh, you know, I, we're not, we're not, we're not talking apples to apples here. And when I did 
create 920, I didn't create 920, but switched the format to 920 and had to guarantee Bert Kaufman, I thought it was $300,000. Not that, as I always say, not that we had that sitting around, so putting our house, because me and my wife, we were the guarantors. You know, nobody else was running up to put their signature on that, but everybody wanted to work there. Um, and it ran very smoothly. It really did. Um, you know, it, it, it made money. We had a great relationship with the owner and, um, you know, it was a, it was a good situation. Unfortunately, the, uh, the, the price that we were paying changed materially for the airtime and it became a problem. And that was one of the reasons why we were looking into our free agency. Had that not happened, who knows what happens, but that happened. So that's why we were on the move and able to move and, and moved and why I was talking on the variety of stations. But, um, you know, um, I had to cut that check. I was the one that had to cut that check. Nobody else did, nor did I ask anybody else to. But that's, that's entrepreneurial adventures. You take on the risk. And then if it fails, I get shit on. And nobody goes, hey, Tim, ah, I know you and Anna Marie now don't have a house. But, uh, you know, I was making this much while that was going on. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to float you, whatever. It's not the way that it works. Nor would I have wanted that because I took the risk. But that also means I get the reward. And I just think that the, that's, that's something that, that changed. But pre that, uh, in 2000, up till then, in 2016, um, I think people appreciated what is, what is truly a hands-off thing. Because what am I, I going to do? How am I, all these people who are doing shows knew how to do a show. What am I going to do? And on top of it, they, what we do with TMA is just a totally different thing. I'm not gonna, I don't need to worry about that. What I need to worry about is managing the business. And if there is going to be drama, keeping it out of the public, having conversations, ideally face-to-face, -face, but if they can't be face-to-face, -face, at least over the phone so you can hear vocal context, and, uh, and try and eliminate it, satisfy the issue in whatever way it can be satisfied, whether it means parting ways with somebody or changing something, fixing something, whatever. And then, and okay, well, here we have a plan and this is how we're going to handle it. And again, I don't, so I just, but to me, somebody who really is running a business well, you have those characteristics, but they're also able to, to monetize it effectively. Um, and that's why I just think I'm just not that great. You know, I can, I'm good at the content part of it, but I need somebody who can go, hey, you know, they can run it and they can be respected. They don't be, I don't really want people to be people's friends per se, but they can think of ways to monetize and keep coming up with kind and lead. That's, that's, you know, and, but not lead because they have a title, but lead because people want to follow and not because they're following, but because they respect them. And it's just kind of understood that they will follow them because they trust them. One of the greatest compliments I ever received was while the pool holes thing was going on. And I know, you know, whatever, but, but, uh, I, you know, was having to talk to the staff behind the scenes and I told the story and Brian Burwell, may you rest in peace, said, he goes, you could have both of your hands in my two back pockets and I wouldn't know what the hell you're doing, but I would know you would have my best interests. And I'd be like, my God, that's coming from you, especially, you know, a veteran respected nationally person. I mean, what up? It's like, that's my favorite compliment I think I've ever received. I don't know. If, I don't know how I can get one better. Um, and I'm just like, that's, that's awesome. So I guess that's, that, that, that's, that's 
it's flattering when people say it. It's just like, I look at it. I'm like, yeah, but I think we can do better as far as generating revenue and, uh, better margins. And I think people can do that better than me. So, you know, that's, that's how I view it. And I know that's not what the question was, but truly like the, the, the concise answer is I saw people do things wrong and I just knew to do the opposite. And that's it. That's actually it. That's actually it. That's truly it. And again, and it's not like I'm doing it flawlessly. Like I said, I think I get put up on a pedestal and I don't deserve it at all. Really. Um, it's just, I happen to do it, but I'm certain that other people could have done it. I don't think I did anything here really that fascinating. Uh, let's see if there's another one that I want to get into. I want to, let's see. Um, I really liked this one and I, um, I want to, I want to get into, cause I think it's, it's, it's rock solid. A hot take about the constant. And it's also from Timmy recap, same email, hot take about the constant condescension, online targeting, takedown culture and general divisiveness, specifically online. Obviously, it is easier to be a wise guy online because of the anonymity and the lack of accountability, but I think there is more to it. At the root, I think shit is so polarized right now because there is no longer that general assumption that the person on the other side of the discussion means well. It is just assumed that every comment or wisecrack is coming from a place of malice. And people are so online today that nobody truly knows anyone anymore. If the people with whom I converse daily are literally just an avatar or profile pic as opposed to someone with whom I've golfed, had a drink, or met for a meal, then I'm less likely to give them the benefit of the doubt over a slip of the tongue, a controversial opinion, or a wisecrack, which can be perceived as an asshole statement. This has inevitably led to online personas having to constantly add qualifiers to their assertions, such as respectfully, with all due respect, not to be a dick, but... And with all the divisiveness, people are becoming ever more offended and ever more guarded. Nobody is willing to overlook anything because everything can be viewed as a snipe. And in my opinion, it's fucking crazy and scary and it's dulling conversations which should be talked about. I think if we are to move past it, which I honestly think we can, people need to become more selective in where they choose to address issues. Not everything needs to be the hill upon which you're willing to die. The ground war against this shit can't be won if every item of every scenario leads to a Twitter rant about how society is promoting piss poor behavior. Uh, I really liked that. I really liked that. So, Gangster Pete, before I wax on it, do you have any thoughts on what Timmy Recap said to you? Uh, I agree. I, I really liked what he said about not every hill can be the hill that you were willing to die on. Like, I feel like sometimes I don't want to write anything on the fan page because I know somebody will die on every hill and it's just going to become a big thing. You can't just say your piece and be done with it. You got to get in a fight and defend it to the death. And yeah. I'm not interested in that. I've got better things to do. Yeah, I think my perspective on it is, um, is colored by my experience with message boards. And it was such a negative experience. Uh, that I automatically, which is a flaw, jump to a conclusion that a shot is like a, an attempt at a death blow. Whereas sometimes it's just like, oh, Tim pokes fun at himself, so I'll poke fun here. But I also know part of the success of the show is that people feel like they know us. And you can't, have a show that is essentially based on personality because it sure as hell isn't based on knowledge. Uh, and it sure as hell isn't based on, you know, breaking news that you then 
push back or retract when somebody plays along with that personality. So that is a flaw. Uh, but, you know, I was having a conversation with a listener, and I don't know if this listener would want to acknowledge it um, on Sunday. And I said, I'm really confused by the obvious element of, again, we're talking about a handful of people on the TMA fan page who clearly are not fans of the show, but they're on the TMA fan page. And I, I'm just like, I don't get it. And like, it's obvious. And like a few, like, I feel like want it to fail or me to fail. And it's like so obvious. And then I'm like, why are you here? Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think of like, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that wouldn't be political so I can attempt to relate better. Uh, I don't even know. Gangster Pete, you might know something I don't like that I, that, uh, I don't know. Like if there was an, uh, people trying to push religion on you. Okay. That's fine. Whatever religion it might be. Well, I wouldn't be on their fan page. Right. That, that would be a really good fan page anyway. But, but you know, I mean, it's just, I, I, I just like, okay, that's not my bag. You know, well, I was a fan of the show before I worked for it. I would never have gone on the fan page to make fun of the people of the show that I like to listen to. Yeah, and I, so I, that I always found that as odd. So, but but then it was Gary. I got to pull up this text exchange because it was really, it was you know. And if this person wants to say that he was the one in the text exchange, I'll yield. But I don't want to name the person's name just because it certainly wasn't for public consumption at the time. And we were having it was like a long, like two hour long thing. Uh, let's see. And he's like, you and Rizzuto and Glover should do a podcast on this. Cause I know Rizzuto, I think Rizzuto talked about this when he was in here. Um, you know, like, like people who hate him, but live for the show. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand. I wonder how that happens. Like, well, I mean, there's like hate listening, I guess. It's like yeah, people hate watch so, certain teams. So, oh, I wish I could find the text. He goes, it comes from your, he goes, it comes from your favorite movie. And it was the scene in Private Parts, the Howard Stern movie, in which they're going through the ratings and the, I think it was the other, the GM or the general sales manager goes, his ratings are up. I don't understand. His ratings are up. People who love him listen for 45 minutes at a time or something. I'm paraphrasing the scene. And then he goes, yeah, but what about people who hate him? He goes, they listen even longer. They listen for an hour at a time. Goes, that makes no sense. He goes, I know, but I'm looking at the numbers. And it's kind of like, and, and when he told me, I'm kind of like, I just got to like step back and go, yeah, I, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. I just have to accept it. I can't heal it. It's not like I'm going to change anything about it. You know, I, it'd be one thing if I'm like, fuck, if people found out that I had the plowboy fucking, you know, had his salary cut and, you know, I got a problem, you know, or, or whatever. I'm like, I know the truth. And it doesn't matter. And then sometimes you kind of fight back and then it becomes, oh, we know that we rattled him. He doth protest, you know, and now we got him. And so, we're, so then it's like, then it's, you can't win. It's truly, you cannot win. But then also you can't not communicate with 6,900 people because there are a hundred people who, you know, are like wanting you to fail or hate you or whatever the case might be. That's fucked up math. So, you know, uh, so I think, so, so I'm coming from a play, I'm coming from a, uh, a PTSD sort of spot with what went on with message boards and particularly inside STL message board. 
because it got really bad. And, uh, and I look back and I go, why the fuck didn't I just like block people or shut it? Like, what was I doing? And so then now it comes up again and I'm like, you know what? I mean, fuck it. Okay. Then and no matter what, they're going to fucking obsess. So fuck, who gives a shit? You know, and if, if, and then it's like 10 guys talking to each other and just like rooting for my failure, then okay. I mean, what am I, what, okay. Or a hundred or whatever it is, then so be it. You know, uh, so I'm coming at it from a different spot than where you're coming at we, the question, Tim, because I have some history that goes, and when I talk about this stuff, most people are like, what the fuck happened here? And, you know, but it, it was a, like a, you know, nine, 10 year thing. And it was, you know, it just, I, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done different, what I would go back and do differently. Maybe I guess just block people, but I was, it was important to me to allow people to feel like they could express their opinions. But I, I always say that and then people go, and then when I t delete something or something gets deleted by Facebook and I didn't even know that it got deleted by whatever, what about the open marketplace of ideas? That's like, they use it against me. And I go, well, the open marketplace of ideas is an expression of opinions, not the ability to make up things to fit an agenda, you know? Uh, or just make up something about someone. And so that's different. And I've been clear on that. That's like my hypersensitive spot. But if I were to attempt to strip that away, I agree with the premise 100%. There have been a number of people who, not a number, because there was only like a few on Friday night with a, a thread saying that I was not, not, not to blame or that I should have done more when they're like, oh, well, I guess you guys didn't know the conversation I had with management where I said, I will pay the difference on his salary. Uh, but whatever, nobody knows that. And I did, that wasn't the time to get into that. I didn't know that there was going to be a time, but since it was, you know, portrayed that way or because I was in Florida, that's why it happened as if like, you know, like I'm, it's impossible to have a conversation. I mean, for fuck's sake, I hosted one radio show and two podcasts from Florida you know, but, but whatever, it was just one of those things like, oh, fuck him. He's in Florida. So this is our way to finally bitch about it or one guy's way. And a number of those people, like almost every one of them actually have since reached out via email and apologized and said, you know what, now that I've become aware of what you wrote and some new information, I was out of line and I apologize. And it's like, that's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And it's a weak spot because now, you know, if you apologize 99% of the time, even if I'm like, yeah, you're kind of a dick for the last seven months, but okay, that it's, you know, that that's enough. Cause I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to fight these battles and have these online enemies cause I already got enough. And it's, it gets into a spot of being dangerous, real dangerous. I'm telling you, like, there's so many stories from the radio stuff that people would find interesting and people say, oh, you ought to write a book. But I'm, the, the stuff that actually I think would freak people out more is the, like, the on, like the message board people and the, the, like, stuff that's going on with social media and popping up at our house or going into uh, medical records. I mean, you, you just wouldn't believe it. And I, and I also know, it's kind of like I had somebody who owns a business email me and goes, this is kind of the price you pay for owning your business. I'm like, ah, unfortunately, I, I don't even own this business. Um but this is kind of the price you pay. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But you know, there aren't, you know, you own your own business. That's one thing, but like the public element of it is another thing. And that's why oftentimes I feel like I might be quicker on the trigger than I should be, but it's because I don't want to allow the fan page to become what the message board became. And so I'm more proactive on that than I was in the message board. 
But if you strip that away to what you're asking, Tim, I couldn't agree with your premise more. Because it's like when these people reached out to me, two of whom were just like, you know, is, you know, like, I just like, these guys fucking hate me. I have no idea why. I don't even know them, but whatever. It's not like I'm not used to that. That happens. It's just, it, you know, I'm just like, it's, you know, what a bizarre. I have no, I know I wonder what it is that they hate. Is it like their perception of my politics or they're religious and they don't like that? I'm not religious, even though I don't shit on religion. I don't know what it is. Uh, but they hate me, so fine. And then it's like, oh, then they jump in on the, yeah, I believe that Tim could have gotten or kept the plowboy or whatever, or he shouldn't have been in floor, whatever. I'm just like, okay, we're, we're, those, 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 you know, if you're going to add on to that, that's, that's a different ball game. That's because it's just factually inaccurate. Now we're, now we're like, now we're using our dislike to like try to justify something that, you know, if you really think about it, you really think that like, okay, if you do, I'll give you 10 to one odds on it. You get 10 to one minimum bet, hundred dollars. And we can, and then we'll go then, and I'll see if I can get permission from the station to go through texts and emails. And, uh, and I get to keep 50% of the station gets to see the other person and people is like, oh, great. And then you'll see exactly what happened. Maybe people do that. Cause they want to know, I don't know. Station might not be on board with that, but I'm like, yeah, that's how comfortable I am with the whole thing. Um, but in general, yes, if people knew each other, it absolutely wouldn't happen, which is why the fan page in general is supposed to be a place where you don't have fake accounts, even though some still slip through the cracks. And then they're like sleeper cells. I notice that was a big thing on Friday when the plow made, it's like all these people started, not all these, a number of people I've never, ever seen posts before and or like posts all of a sudden where it's like, yes, I've been waiting for like when the pools thing happened, there was a guy, this is a true story. I don't know if Buck Swope can find the audio. And I don't know if I read it. I think I read it. Who said, you mocked my phone call into the morning grind in 2000, either four or five. And I have been waiting for this moment for you, I swear to God, this happened. I, I swear to you, it happened. It 100% happened. And I thought to myself, holy shit, this is at a level that I, and it's like, and then internally, I'm like, yeah, I got, you know, I mean, I know I'm getting, I know I'm on the front lines of taking the shit, except I know what happened and I know all kinds of details on it. And I know that I don't have anything to worry about, but I know I have to dance. So I got to, so I'm going to sit here and dance and I'm just like, wow, man, that's, you know, eight years and you have been listening and hoping that something would happen because you're mad about the way I handled one of your phone calls into the station. Wow. You know, and you just, I you just can't wrap my mind around it. So your premise is 100% accurate to me, recaps. I agree with it. I don't know what the solution is. Um, I feel like the TMA events where people get to know each other and they're kind of like, Oh yeah, I, that guy and his political takes, I fucking hate him, but he's a good guy. You know, it's like when people put Doug, how do you let Doug and his political takes? Like, it doesn't affect me. I know Doug's a good guy. I don't give a shit. I obviously disagree with him on a lot of stuff, but it doesn't like as Pete and I have said a number of times, Doug is the A plus person to work with. You know, he's going to be here. You know, he's not going to bitch. You know, he's going to do the job at a A plus level. You know, I mean, you know, and I know he's a good guy. His family loves him. I mean, so we disagree on politics. Who the fuck cares? Does that matter? I disagree with my parents on politics. You know, whatever. 
So anyway, great question. All right, I've gone I've gone on one email, so this has been horrible uh, hosting, and I haven't even looked at the fan page. Oh wow, we got a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, let's see. I will try to stick with the theme. Um, ever considered a TMA unplugged live event? Maybe at your brother's place. Would love to hear some of the stories in that setting. That's from Paul Rose on the fan page. Yes, Doug and I did that actually couple years ago and it like I think it sold out quicker than me and Joe Buck and me and Dan McLaughlin and John Mazalock and that was kind of a whoa moment um so yeah I certainly would do it the thing is is like a lot of these like people want to ask these things and then you know people would be recording and then you get in a weird spot like we can't like we're still not in a spot where we can talk about some things you know or I can I mean I guess I can on like the Pujols thing that I always go back to because I know that's like one that will stay with me forever. It'll be in my obituary probably. Uh, but I mean, it's like, what's the point of getting into it? And what do I get out of that? Or stuff that, you know, whatever, over the last few years that people would want to get into. And it's like, like, you know, of course we know what happened, but you know, so I don't know, like maybe it can be understood that yes, we will talk about TMA 2007 through 2012. Or no, we'll go 2013. Cause that way we can include the man and woman. And we'll do that. I don't know. Maybe we'd do that. I'd be interested. Um, so who knows? Maybe we'd do that. It's a good idea, Paul. Because uh, then I think kind of the statute of limitations would uh, would be up. Uh, let's see. Who and where does the whole hashtag uh, or quote-unquote unrelatable thing come from? Can't tell you. Um, but yes, one person got that going behind my back. And it was not anybody who works here, by the way at all to be I swear my mother's life in case you think I'm like protecting that's 100% true do you know where it comes from gangster Pete no I have no clue oh really I've heard you say it yes I haven't I didn't heard anybody else but say it was it. said by somebody oh, okay. to somebody uh and I'm just like wow you know but there's kind of a Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde thing going on with the person who said it um and anyway that's what it is and honestly Timmy Recaps and I had a DM exchange about this like a month ago about it because he kind of sharp shot me on something on the unrelatable thing, and I deleted it. And he's like, "Hey, man, if you got a problem with it, you get reached out to me." And so I said, "Listen, I said on the unrelatable thing, I got to be honest. It really does bother me, uh, and I don't want to allow that narrative to like continue to be out there because it really it pisses me. I think it pisses me off in part because it's like it, it's it, like if it were just like like a listener, I don't think it would." piss me off but you know it's, it's a different circumstance uh and uh and so and again it's not anybody who works here swear on my mother's life swear 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 on my mother's life I'll be the first one to tell you it's not like the cat was thinking it was a good idea in 2018 when i was going to go down there and do the show uh he thought it was going to be a whole thing and then he, when I came back, he's like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. He goes, there a couple of days. And then this, this one, my God, did we have any issues? Like, did we even have one? I never wanted to say anything. Cause it was like, it was no hitter. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> no. Did we have any time? No, we had no issues. It and it was awesome. like, there was no delay. Right. It sounded like you were there. Yeah, you, right. If you didn't say I'm but it's in Florida, because, no one would know. Right. I know. Uh, but last year we were on wireless. This year we were direct into the back of this router and it was, it was, and, and Gino Belasi, our engineer, who's awesome, set it up. And so it was it was a moron proof, which allowed me to do it. But anyway, um, at the, but that, that, the reason why it, that one gets me going is because it, it stems from my contract being public. 
And then, like I said, as opposed to like, oh, this upstart, this guy took a chance. He left TV, you know, and started this company. And man, I'm pulling for him because it's like the, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he did, he's making this, you know, now, oh, I don't know. Now it's, now I've gone from, I'm pulling for him to, oh, I kind of want to pull him down. It's, it's, a, it's the, that's the thing. It's why, uh, who says you always want to be a five? Is this what, is this your boy Rogan? Did he say or, that? Or is this just Holly Randall? I don't know. It's better to be a five than a 10 or a one. Because if you're a 10, quarterback. They'll, pull you, they'll pull you down. You know, at five, you just kind of can fly under the radar. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. It, and it, you know, I've, whatever. We've all been through shit. All, I know I'm talking about radio. I'm talking about all of us in life. And I just, I think uh, my commitment to work played a role in getting divorced uh, 11 years ago and, uh, I was doing it again and through 2000, uh, well, when my wife got pregnant, December, 2016. And then when we thought we lost Jameson, uh, a couple of weeks after we were like, Oh my God, you're pregnant. We were told we couldn't have a baby. And at that point, I'm just like, I know that the stress that I bring home plays a role in her stress. And if, what if my stress led to yet another miscarriage and us losing this baby? I'm just, that was it. I'm just, I'm like, that's it. I can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. And if that means whatever it meant, whatever was going to happen, then so be it. But I, that was it. Uh, running the station and doing two shows. Ridiculous. I don't even know what the hell I was thinking. It wouldn't even cross my mind now. Um, and, uh, and then also I, I, uh, I, you know, I just, it just didn't, it, it, it just, it, it just didn't matter as much candidly. Um, and, and that was before he was even born. Now that he's born now, it's an even greater perspective, but I'm sure like any of you who are parents, it's like, if, if like when it's going bad and man, has it been going bad over the last few days? And it's not just all plowhawk as I laid out at the beginning of the show. Uh, when I see him, it's an elixir. It's an automatic rush of happiness. And when I'm thinking about this or that or my moves, so to speak, uh, I think about him. And it's and I'm and I'm a selfish motherfucker. I'm a selfish motherfucker. But it's like that's it. That's 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 it. I I will suffer for the betterment of my son. And that's not that's not even specific to an event. It's just that's just the way that it is. And I'm sure anybody who's a parent knows exactly what I'm talking about. And if somebody would have said this to me two years ago, I'd have gone, oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't really sound all that great to me. I really enjoy hanging out with, you know, porn stars in Las Vegas. So that's kind of where I am. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just a different mindset now. So it's I have the ability to do the show from uh, Florida for spring training. And it certainly is is, you know, it's, it's about being with, you know, ideally my family and my wife's family and they're able to be with their grandson because you never know when that is going to end. And so we'll always have that now two years. And that's why part of the reason why I was in a bad mood or down is because my parents didn't get a chance to get there. And, uh, that sucks. Cause that's one of the reasons why I, you know, work hard to try to make this thing happen. And then it didn't happen to them. It was great to have Anna Marie's parents there. Like I said, I have a great relationship with them, but, uh, that, uh, that sucked. And, and it's like, who knows? 
if I'll be able to do it in 2020. I mean, the fact that we've done it two years is, you know, and then no matter what, Jameson's in school here in a few years. So, you know, there is a cap, you know, either I'm not living in St. Louis anymore and we're down there at that time, or we just can't do it anymore. Or maybe we go down there for like a week, but it's different. And so that's why I do it. So when it's called unrelatable, I understand, but, you know, it cuts both ways. The, the cost I pay for this hashtag unrelatable thing is that my professional life is like TMZ fodder for St. Louis. That's unrelatable, I would imagine, but it's not talked about, at least by this person who started it. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's, you know, like I said, my contract's out there. Some of the details were inaccurate, but either way, ballpark idea of what I make, at least from this particular job, I'm obviously involved in some other things too. And it's not like I'm a multimillionaire at all or a millionaire for that matter. So, you know, it's not like it's like, oh, sweet. We'll head on down to Jupiter and live there. It's no cost, you know, or whatever. It's nickels to us. That's not the way it is. It's a calculated going, you know what? I just don't know we're going to be able to do this again. But yes, the, the, the unrelatable thing comes from, yeah, well, he's living in Florida, you know, for two months. And I just don't think that plays well with the audience. I'm like, really? I mean, is that really? It's, it's, the, it's the kind of the, the ambition stifling uh, perception of success hating shit that goes on that I talk about. So, yeah, that gets me banty. So, anyway, I hope they gave you the background on it. Uh, let's see. I will attempt to answer one more here. I like this delay tactic. A lot of questions about the Plowhawk, and that's why I'm I'm delay tacticking. I don't. The answer to like any, take your pick of anything. I don't know what the future holds. I just don't. I have no idea. I know um, that his relationship with everyone, I think across the board, but I guess I can't speak for it, but I know on TMA for certain uh, is a great one. And so the door is always open from a TMA standpoint for the Plowhawk, you know, uh, but, you know, TMA does not operate everything. TMA is its own show. So, you know, that's not our call on things, but uh, we think the world of him and who knows what would wind up happening. Uh, let's see. Um, this is a good one. It's somewhat, it somewhat gets into the area that I kind of want to try to eliminate, even though John Hadley said, blame me, blame me. So I can, you know, and I appreciate him saying that because it would have been weird if he would have said, don't say anything about it. And he's like, that would be ridiculous if you don't talk about it. So I appreciate him. This, do you think if the Plowboy would have been given at least one farewell episode, the backlash toward Hadley uh, would have been minimized? Yes, 100%. 100%. And I've voiced that as well, you know. But when I voice things, I think I think some people want to hear me screaming. And, uh, and so therefore, if I'm not screaming, they're like, well, he's not really upset. But the way I handle things, I try to anyway. The way I try to handle things is more of a, you know, let's think through it. Okay, what if we do this? Okay, well, if we do this, then this is going to happen. And then if that happens, then it's going to cause this to happen. And then this might happen. And is it worth even allowing that to be a scenario by doing that? 
And then you go back to, okay, well then what if we did this? And then you start there and then, and it's just so fucking nerdy and that's where I am. And so that's how I operate. And I think a lot of you would as well. Maybe all of you actually do, but here it's, you're a fan of something. And so it's like when you're talking about the Cardinals, but if you worked at the Cardinals, would you be on Twitter? Like, you know, posting the gif I post of Mariah Carey throwing out the first pitch at a Rays game anytime Ozuna throws, you probably wouldn't. So it's a different deal, and I understand that. And fuck, if anything, I love that people are passionate about it. How can I not? My God, at some point, nobody's going to give a shit. You know? Either I'll just be dead, or nobody will be interested in the show I'm doing. It's got to happen. One of the two has to happen. And and both are uh, high probability of in play. Like, no one's a lock. So you want people to care, you know, and people care. I didn't anticipate it at, at this level. I knew it would be huge, and I told that the story at the beginning of the whole thing. I think uh, had the Plowhawk uh, been able to announce on his own whenever he wanted to, and I was thinking he might do it on Friday, like when we were doing the show. I didn't know. I didn't really want him to. I didn't tell him I didn't want him to, but I didn't want to. Why? Because I was like, last weekend down here, dealing with a flood bag in St. Louis. I got to pack up and fly back. And I really don't want to have to, you know, especially if, you know, it gets into the weeds, uh, but it's his life and his career and his decision. And I totally understand it. And I'm going to support him. You know, my convenience is certainly not at the top of my, the priority list here. Um, and then it got to a spot where he was like, I got to say something now because I'm not going to be back on the air. And I'm like, man, ah, now, it's not unheard of at jobs where people say I'm done in two weeks and then they just say, okay, then, you know, then just turn in your stuff now. And, you know, and I get that. And, and I, I might've had that. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I ever did. I don't know. Uh, fortunately, I haven't had a whole lot of people leave the things that I have been in charge of over the 14 years, but inevitably it happens. And, uh, and I just, yeah, I do think it would, I think it would have changed. I think it would have changed because people would have been able to hear from him, hear from him directly, hear his voice as opposed to read words, which then includes context. And so, yeah, but the station has its reasons. Um, you know, I've made it clear. I disagree, but that doesn't mean that like John Hadley and I are at each other's throats at all. We just, you know, John and I have disagreed about plenty of things, but, um, you know, I'm just, you know, I, and I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, growing up, my dad would get so fired up and still now would get so fired up. I mean, screaming and he would bring it home and it was just like, we, we, as kids, we like wouldn't talk about it. Me and my two brothers, my sister wasn't born yet at this time, but we just like, okay, like the house is now under siege. And until he calms down, which might not be until tomorrow, this is our, this is, we just got to like hide out. You know, it's not like he was like violent or anything like that. He's just screaming because he's so pissed off about work shit. And so I would hear these names growing up and I don't know who the hell they were. And I'm just like, you know, and so I have an aversion to screaming. And I don't know if that's programmed in me because I hated it so much as a child or I've, come to know, which might be somewhat poker based because you kind of focus on the process and not the results. Like I can scream all day long. It doesn't, it might get me like the short term rush of a few people going good for you, but it doesn't solve anything. And if anything, it might make it more complex to try and fix things. So that's just not my style. 
but you can disagree. And I've disagreed a few times and then stopped things from happening and then you get them fixed and you have a good working relationship. It's, it's like working with, you know, Democrats and Republicans. They might disagree with each other, but ideally they're reaching across the aisle to try and make things work. So yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yes. Um, you know, my answer is yes. And I, I don't know if they anticipated the, the backlash. I didn't anticipate the backlash. So I don't know how anybody else could have, I, I'm, I'm talking about, I knew there'd be backlash. I didn't know that it would be at this level. Um, so anyway, there's your theme for today. I think that's an hour and 20 minutes of, of, uh, introspection. Uh, we thank all of our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, the home expert.com, the sponsor of our studios, Mark Hanna, evergreen wealth strategies, James Carlton of the Carlton state farm insurance city. Boy, has James been a help during this flood situation. Holy moly. 314-961-4800. I'm texting him on Saturday night as water is just pouring into our basement. And I said, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of at a loss. Do you have anybody that you know that can come over here as a plumber and try to tell us where this water is coming from? And he goes, I'm on a flight right now. I'll land in 30 minutes and I'm going to come over and I'm going to help. And I go, wow, dude, I... I, I can't thank you enough, but you're out of control. Thank you. But that's just not going to happen. Uh, I just need a plumber phone number. I don't need, I mean, you're a gentleman for offering. That's the kind of guy James Carlton is. It's kind of business he runs. And he's a young guy too. So you can get on board with him. You know, you kind of got your person for good. 314-961-4800 or online at carltoninsurance.net. Can't recommend him enough. Uh, and then of course, Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit, the Landoff boys, great people. It's where we get our cars. It's all we're going to get from now on Landoff cars. It's just the way that it is. Uh, and, uh, they're at Landoff.com, Chevy, find new roads and designer heating and cooling online at designerservice.com. The number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's hard to stop a train. So, uh, there it is. Questions from the audience, kind of a plow hawk theme, kind of a social media theme, um, maybe agree, maybe you disagree. Email me at teamacurnan at insidestl.com. If you haven't listened to the Adam Long interview this week, did you want, have you listened now, Gangster? Yeah, it's great. I loved it. I, I loved that interview, but I know I say this about a lot of interviews, so it's kind of like Boy Who Cried Wolf, but... I'm a golf nerd, so I was totally into it. Yeah, I've had a few people go, I don't even like golf, and I just loved it. And, and I think the thing that stood out about it was... It's like, oh, I get why he's successful, because he's just so even keeled. Yeah, he's got the right temperament. Oh, my God. And just like, yeah, I know it was eight years, but it was fun. Eight years on the mini tours. It was fun. And I knew I was going to make the PGA tour. And I'm just like, what in the world? I, I was telling Frank Cusimano that because Frank's son played against him. And he's like, yeah, I mean, just like the confidence, you know, but it wasn't like, yeah, I'm so great. It's just like, no, I knew it was moving in the right direction. And I guess that helps when you got Phil Mickelson behind you and you're putting 15 <laughs> feet for uh, the PGA tours desert classic and you sink it. Hey, wow. Yeah. Big time recommendation on that one. All right. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to Gangster Pete for being on the ones and twos. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.